Warning, the guest episodes on License for Love are experiences, expertise, and views of their own. The diversity duo is in no way liable for actions or advice one takes in their daily life from our guests. Our purpose is to give everyone a voice to be understood, not necessarily agreed with. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels-Harris. The heartbeat in relationship conversation. Sexy, beautiful, hey y'all, this is Cowboy Jax and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels-Harris. And today's hey. episode is called You, Me, and My Sexuality. Um, Lauren, how the hell are you? Well, a lot better after that topic. You excited? I'm rubbing my hands together because yes, I am excited. Um, yeah, for a lot of reasons, but yes. Yeah, so it's been pretty exciting over here uh, recently. There's been um, a lot of stuff that's going on. Uh, <clears throat> the biggest thing is, is I uh, turned the 44 Magnum birthday. So pretty oh, excited. That's my angel number. What's that? That's my angel number. That's your angel number. It's really 444, but I'll take it. Well, Lauren, I've been called lots of things, but an angel is typically not one of them. I'll tell oh, you that right now. You're you're my angel, Jaxie. Oh, shucks. I know. So uh, birthday. the 44th birthday uh, was, yes. was uh, pretty cool. And, um, you, you know, what for you? all... What's, what did you uh, do? You know, kept it really low-key this year. Normally... Um, I have like a big blowout, but there was a lot of folks that were, you know, traveling for work and all this other kind of stuff. And it wasn't like one of the big, you know, like the 50 or the 40 or whatever. Oh, um, so had some. Did you purposely stay away from 60 because, you know, I just had it? No, because. Mm -hmm. Is 60 really considered? Yes, that's a milestone every decade. Duh. Okay, see, I, I don't I don't know those things. So that's very interesting you to will, learn that. As soon as you hit fifty. I gotta tell you, forty-four for me, man, I had a bump. Like I had a moment where it was not quite a midlife crisis, but I immediately got on the internet and was like, What's the average life expectancy and all this kind of thing? And it and apparently I only have thirty-four years left because typically Males in the U.S. die at about 78 years old, so 34 years left. Is that white males or all males? <laughs> See, I knew you were going to go there. Well, Remember, man, it's what's on the inside. It's not no. the outside, right? No, Maybe I, I, because I, I, black don't crack. No, like no. you have that whole, you know, nice little Thank caking you. type thing that, you know, you, you live longer for that reason. My grandfather lived to be 116. I told you That's this amazing. story. And he sired his last child at 97, Archie. Sired. I like that. He, yeah, that at 97. You, 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 uh, you, you want to tell that. our audience that don't understand what the word sire means uh, at 97? He impregnated his third wife. He outlived all Ooh, three of them. Third wife impregnation. All, okay, we're going off the rails already. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Anyway, I'm excited about today. And, yeah. uh, and happy birthday, really. Congratulations on that. Well, no, I, I appreciate it. I mean, you know, you know as well as I do, um, 
I fought like hell to, you know, not make birthdays happen throughout uh, time. I can't believe that I made it this far, to be quite honest with you. But uh, it's it's really cool to have uh, to have arrived here. Both show. Right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about today's topic. Um, we're going to have our second member of the LGBTQ plus community on the show and i'm very excited about that you got them in order are, are we clapping because uh you mr Slowbus got all the letters correct is that yep. what we're excited yeah. about because yes. he'll say <laughs> lgqptlc <laughs> and you finally got it i'm so proud of you Jax. yeah there's like a niner in there a 12 a six anyways check yep. this out i found this extremely fascinating because bisexuality is the topic um for today's show and I found this very interesting. According to Pew, Pew Research, uh, bisexuals are far less likely to be out to the important people in their life. That's from actual Pew Research. What, what do you think about that? What well, would be the, the thought process? It would that? be a question. So I would ask you, anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to get off your chest, Jax? Hmm. You can trust me. Yeah. Were, were you ever bisexual or did you just know straight dudes all the way? Right over his head. <laughs> well, yeah, I was. Wait, really? Wait. Yeah, I was. I had to think about it because I was like, what? Was it a fight though? Like, was it like, no. I need to do this to hide and mask who I am? Or did you really no, want to dip no. in both ponds? I, I loved the I loved dating the women I dated. And uh, it's really interesting because as far as dating women, I couldn't, I was not attracted to women that were not black and they had to be dark skinned. The last girl I, I dated was from um, Africa, literally. And uh, she was just gorgeous. But with men, mm -mm. pure vanilla. You think that's a dominance thing? I was really attracted to, well, actually, cowboys and I'm kidding. I never dated a cow. I did go out with a guy who was in a rodeo, though, once. Hey, when you I, told me about that. I remember that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The whole uh, eight seconds thing. Yes. Eight seconds. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, but but yeah, to answer your question, I did, and it was a part of the discovery process. And you know, I, I, was still, okay. I was hiding, but it was my birth mother, Lucille. Took her about two weeks after we reconnected. You know, I met her when I was 32, hadn't seen her since I was a week old. And she said one day when I was leaving her house, um, this is in the first two weeks now. She goes, Hey, can I ask you a question before you leave? And I was like, halfway out the door so i just stopped like can i you want me to pick something up from the store tomorrow or what she goes yeah uh what kind of women do you like and she had that look and i was like mm. no what do you mean fat skinny tall short she goes you know what i mean what kind and i said it really doesn't matter as long as they have a great personality she went mm -hmm. which is black do you ever go black. for the transgender like, did you ever go for the, you know, no. the, the... No. Okay. Did you? No. Well, then. No. No. I, I've always, I've, I've always been 100% mm -hmm. hetero 
sexual. There's a few books that have a little something to say about that, but that's another well, show. My brother's gay, and he says the difference between a straight guy and a gay guy is a six pack of beer. That's la, 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 la. He says. Here, here is the 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 cherry on my mother's story. Here's the cherry on okay, top. Okay, yes. Okay. So she then three weeks later said to me, "Can I ask you a question? If you were married to a woman, would you be?" tempted to cheat with her on a man. And I said, yes. She goes, if you were married to a man, would you be tempted to cheat on him with a woman? And I said, no. She goes, well, you should be with who you can be faithful to. doesn't matter who you love. It's the matter in which you love. So that was the end of that. And I'm now- it's Beautiful, here. man. Yeah, I, I, really, I, really, I really enjoy that. Yeah. So- that answers your question. It was a part yeah. of the recovery process, of course. So let's talk about this. According to Pew Research, right, gay or lesbian, right, as far as the green, all or most, 75% will be likely to be out, right? But why do you think bisexual folks are so more close to the vest? Well... It's because they have um, multiple personalities. I mean, not literally, but they have they have the church. Like, for instance, when I was on, on drugs, there was okay. the people that knew me from partying. I was still singing solos at churches all over the place through my music ministry on Sundays. So people knew that version. People in the military knew that version on and on and on. So with bisexuality, it's like, it's just easier, to, you know, to not have to explain because they're not going to, in most cases, get it anyway. And people like anything to be able to judge on. So I think that's probably when I was in that path of my discovery, that's why I kept it to the vest, close to the vest, like you said, um, just to cut down on the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, so I just did some more Google research and you know me and my wonderful iPad here. Um, and I, I said, does cultural play a role in sexuality? And it says that, and this is according to uh, Springer.com, the impact of culture Jerry and ethnicity Springer. on... No, no, not, not Jerry. Oh, that, that's bro. Yeah, right. Chicago, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, aspects of sexuality that are influenced by culture include values such as decisions regarding appropriate uh, sexual behaviors, suitable partner partners, and the appropriate age of consent, as well as who is to decide what is appropriate. Now, I find that very interesting, right? Because you would have, and we've talked about this before. You know, some people out there that are living under a rock or don't really care to explore culture in general, the ones that judge a book by its cover, think that if you're a gay man, then you love all men. Like, just automatically think that you guys are just like a big swinging door. You know what oh, I mean? Do you? What's that? Do you? Do I think that way? No. Do you love all men? Uh. No, I don't love. I mean, See, I love some men you know. in a platonic fashion. I, I know what you're, you're 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 fucking with me. See, you know, and I'm getting I'm getting quicker. I'm getting quicker. No, but but seriously. So, 
obviously when you think about a woman and you think about a woman being bisexual, I bet the term threesome just automatically pops in people's heads all the time. Like, would you know, would she be down for this or that or whatever, yeah, right? The guys, mainly heterosexual guys, mm. think that's hot. Yeah, but don't, don't you feel like there's a judgment there that is is not relevant? I don't think it's a judgment. I think it's an assumption. Well, okay. What's the difference between the judgment and the assumption, Doc? Well, judgment is like a stamp. Bam, there it is. And that's what it's going to be. And I'm going to stick to it. An assumption kind of has a, well, a question with it. A judgment is a statement. An assumption leaves room for conversation, in my opinion. But do you find it fascinating, right? Because of, of what this article says in terms of appropriate sexual behaviors and suitable partners that someone that is, okay, for the sake of context, let's say someone that is heterosexual and we'll say heterosexual male. So we're falling in line with that stereotype knows that a woman is bisexual and by default automatically assumes that her behavior with her partners includes like tons of threesomes or that it's okay to ask her for a threesome or whatever the case may be. Why mm -hmm. is it that we feel like that when we know nothing about a sexuality or its culture that we take these liberties sometimes? Um, I have one word for you for guys that think that way still today in 2022. They're, well, Pornhub. So you, think it's, you think it's a pornography issue? Yeah. They watch that stuff and they go, ooh, yeah, mm, right. So like a classical conditioning sort of thing, like with Pavlov with the, with the rat, like when the bell would ring, it would go to find the food and then the food wouldn't necessarily be there even though the bell ringing is what causes it. Well, I'll tell you this. Like so you know, Pornhub the bell, is that what you're saying? Well, no, what I'm saying is they have fantasies and they feed those fantasies when they can't have the reality through things such as pornography. So that's the groomer. What they see people acting out, half those people, I had a friend that was a porn star, Amber Lynn, um, when I was out in Hollywood. And she would tell me so many things that I thought were, well, don't, you know, you, you love all those orgies and stuff. And she didn't, she didn't even like doing girl on girl, but she, she liked absolutely get a porn star on our show. Linda would kill me, but we I'm should tired. absolutely get a porn star on our show. Don't ask me again. No, I think it would be good. Oh, I would that's love that's to know their psychology of their thought process, because I think you're a hundred percent correct, right? adult film actress or adult male star does not necessarily mean that you're just a big swinging door all the time, right? Oh, door. I thought you were going to say something else. But you probably oh, would like to was... big swinging. I'm sorry, I'm gay. What did you expect me to think? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Let, let me say this about Amber. One thing yeah. I did learn, she was an astute businesswoman. It was all about the business because I did her voiceover work for her strip shows. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, so and, Jenna uh, Jameson. Oh, of I course. Mean, she went yeah. to Oxford and, and, and uh, yeah. 
discuss right. sexuality. So right. anyways, we got to go to commercial folks. When we come back, super excited about this episode, especially to unpack with the doc. And uh, it's going to be amazing. We'll be back in five. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jackson. I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. And today's Hello. episode is called You, Me, and My Sexuality. And uh, we have an amazing guest. But before they come on, uh, Doc, why don't you do a little ditty? Um, but they can't seem. Oh, you don't want me to dance, right? <laughs> no, like sorry. Give us, <laughs> give us the give us the, the introduction. Let me, let me brush up on my ham bone. Okay, um, here's a ditty. Um, actually, I'm so excited um, about this guest today. Her name is yeah. Jamila Wright, and she is an incredible vocalist and songwriter. She's a self-taught musician, and I've actually seen her in the flesh performing, and she's just remarkable. Um, she's also a motivational speaker, a poet, a psalmist. Now, that's something you don't hear all the time. A psalmist. She's a spoken word artist, producer, composer, and she just you know, performs all over the place at a variety of different events. Her um, brand is Beautiful Expressions, which she started, well, Jamila's, um, I think I'm saying it wrong, Jamelia, Jamila. J mm. Now it's, you know how I felt I about Lisa's last name. name. I want to caress it. And I know I'm saying it too flat, but she'll correct us when she gets in here. But it's Jamila's Beautiful Expressions, and she started it way back in 2014. Um, she has some professional goals as we all do. But listen to this. Hers are to spread positive messages and to motivate people everywhere she goes. And she also loves to push people to become their greater selves. She resides and hails from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hey, Cincinnati. And she's got a ton of personal goals. She lives for the stage. She loves what she does. And she says, listen to this. She says, I've achieved greatness through spoken word, stage plays, and performing. I love to write and to compose music. My skills are producing and composing all of her vocals. She's a self-taught musician, piano, and guitar player. So there it is. She's got a lot to offer. Jamila Wright. Welcome. Welcome. Hey, hey, what's going on, girl? Hey, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, Y'all are crazy, but it's wonderful. Why, thank you. So you were listening to me and the doc. We all, you know, we always kind of fired up with our guests. The doc um, and I. I know you're listening backstage um wh what were you thinking about like what we were talking about and in, in your terms of of your two cents do you felt like we were pushing into the right places like what what are your thoughts well um as far as uh, the re i'm sorry no i was just gonna say you were probably back there going damn these guys don't know shit <laughs> i mean it's different for everybody yeah. It's different for everybody because sometimes you get in these relationships like me. I prefer a woman over a man, but I still love men. So it's a you know, it's a toss up sometimes. Because so, so what they, do you say when a man goes, well, "You ain't had a man like me yet"? Like what? Yeah, that's how, how do you feel about that? Women. Yeah. Um, I, I sometimes I laugh them off because I know it's just a line. You just you, you want a piece, you know. 
They always say that because if I tell you I haven't slept with a man in five years, what are you going to say? Mm. That. Well, you've been saving yourself exactly. for me, girl. Mm. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what they think. And, and how many times have you, the line. How many times have you actually heard that line? Can you count it on one hand, two hands? I need my fingers, toes, hands, and yours too. Wow. It's not original. A no. Not, no. Do men that, ever approach you in a respectful way towards your sexuality, or is it always just like, what's in it for me? Let's do a threesome, like that kind of thing. Like, how, how are you treated by men? Honestly, I have never really been treated bad in my adult years. Now, my younger years, it was, it was different. But in my older years, okay. because I really haven't been on men, because I was engaged to a Ghanaian for about three years before I decided, okay, I need a woman. And he was like, no. He's like, I don't want to share. <laughs> it was like, but I want a woman. And there's no stopping you when you want something. So I've learned that if you allow people to be themselves, no matter how bad it might hurt, you'll actually see that true person and decide whether that's what you want for the rest of your life or not. Like I, you can do whatever you want. I have boundaries and I have limitations, but when it boils down to it, if I'm in love, there, there's a compromise there. But if you just somebody looking to have a good time, most of the time you don't even make it through because I'm a very busy woman. <laughs> and, and that's a huge step. Right, like you're 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 on this precipice of of this uh, lifelong journey, for lack of a better phrase, and and you have to be honest with yourself, right, about yes. what makes the most sense for you. So my question to you is, it's not just about the sexual aspects of things, like the pleasurable type things, right? Like what, or or is it? If it is, right. um, if not then what is it about a woman particularly for you that says, this is where I feel the most comfortable? <laughs> I've always been a lover of women even before I was with a man. Um, I mean, we have nurturing spirits. People are very, very interesting. I love an artistic woman. I love a woman that has a lot on her brain as far as her intelligence. Um, I want her to look like a woman. I don't desire a woman that looks like a man. Um, it's those little things. And you have to have a spiritual side. You have to know your greater self so we don't get lost in one another. Or if we choose to be as two bisexual women or a bi-curious woman, you know, that it's already almost mm. like dangerous sometimes because you can fall in love very quick and then maybe she doesn't want to be bothered and then you're attracting nothing but males. And then all they want to do is run through you and it's just like, well, where do I go? So it's, mm. it's kind of hard when you like both sides because in my opinion, there's really no difference from being uh, in a relationship with a man because eventually you have the same problems. You Good know, man. trust issues, communication, bills come into play. You're spending so much time with one another that it, somebody always ends up either losing themselves because they really think that's secure, but then that other side kicks in and it's like, oh, but I, I'm somebody else is interested over here. I want to go hang with them. I'm not like that. Um, normally, Normally, it's the other woman for me that always ends up once wanting to venture out because she really was with a man before she was with me. 
I've never dated a lesbian. Uh, not that I didn't want to. I just have an attractive one that's bold enough to approach me. Uh, most of them are bisexual women uh, breaking up with a man because they, they just, I hate men. And, and I'll just come in and tell you, you don't really hate men. You just need a break. So you're the rebound girl. Right? Unfortunately. Like these, these bisexual, bi-curious women, right? Because I've dealt with this a lot in the heterosexual world of being the rebound guy. Um, mm -hmm. but, but it sounds to me like you're the rebound girl. Like they want to come play in, in your sandbox for a little while. Right. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, I'm better now. And uh -oh. so I'm going to mm -hmm. go back to what I know. Not the That's sandbox. Hey, my you grandmother told me years ago. I'm sorry. It's mm. just me being silly. Oh, he, he, he's being honoring. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> My grandmother told me years ago, because she has nine children, she, I asked her, I asked her, when do you stop having sex? She said, when you feel like it. And she was in her 80s when she said this. I think I was in my early 20s, maybe, because I was so frustrated. And this subject was taboo in my family. I really couldn't talk about my bisexuality. You know, when my mother questioned me years ago, if I was a lesbian, I was like, no, no, ma'am, no. And I ran from her for so many years because she was heavily in the church and you don't want to be shunned and turned away. And then you get in these relationships and they won't even support you because these people don't support you. They just want to have fun with you and keep on going. So my grandmother told me one time, company keepers are best. And I realized as an adult, like I ended up being the company keeper and it was like, I can start a business out of this, not an escort service, but People, you know, who want some type of uh, nurturing, some type of sympathy when they're going through their empathy, when they're going through a breakup, um, I end up being the comforter in between. I can help you get over a person, but that doesn't mean you want to be with me. And I don't challenge people. Yeah, to they, be with they me, want a um, validation of some sort yes. of, 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 yes, it's okay that I have this part of me. And because you're so comfortable in who you are, they kind of just suck mm -hmm. that energy out, get back on their feet, and then jump back into the fray again. How, do, how does that make Man, you feel yeah. or inspire you to feel? And listen, I talk to my therapist on a weekly basis, and we go through it because it's like, why do I give so much of myself? And he says, well, why do you give, your, so, uh, give so much of yourself? You don't have to do that. And I said, what if I'm addicted to it? What if because I like to make somebody feel good, not per se sexually, but period, like I want to be that person that you, when you get that energy, that positive energy for me, when I walk in the room, you know, it sets the mood. I'm trying to give these positive vibes and it's almost like, uh, maybe this person likes me or maybe they dug, they don't, but it's like, either way, I'm going to take that risk. It's almost like an adrenaline seeking because I already know in the back of my mind, this might not work out or this person, I might be too forward. I've been too forward with women or they get to know me and then it's like, oh, no. And it's not because I'm all crazy and all over the place. It's because I want to know the truth. Tell me what you're getting ready to go do. If you're getting ready to go be with a man, I need to know the truth. Because if you come back here, you could possibly have killed both of us by lying, saying, hey, you used the condom. And you didn't. Mm. Or you won't tell me that the rubber broke. That's why I don't mind having a threesome. I'm trying to watch your back. Because um, my ex, uh, uh, I call her my ex-wife. Because it got so deep for us that she wanted to be with a man that we ended up in the lifestyle. 
where you basically can go sleep with whoever. And I felt so disgusted at times because of the things that people feel like they got to do to get attention. And I felt mm-hmm. like I didn't need to be there versus that's what she wanted. So when we would be in there, it would be like, wow, we just wasting our money. We just wasting our time. Like it, there's no love here. It's mm-hmm. straight. But you did it because you wanted the love, right? Like you were willing to compromise yourself, no matter what your sexuality is, right? Because you wanted love so much, you were willing to compromise yourself. Why do you think you did that? You know, it's like childhood traumas. You know, that Mm. stuff starts early in life and you gravitate to who loves you the most in Mm. life, especially... Because there were, there were, I was raped younger growing up. And it was like, why do people feel like they, they can just take it? And I wasn't just raped by a male. I was raped by a female as well. And it really confused me. But the difference was the female attended to me to the point where I got caught up in a whirlwind because she was there to love me. But because I didn't know what it was, I felt like rape. I felt like, why are you taking this from me? Uh, I was taught that this is wrong, but. And deep down inside, it was like, ooh, but I like it. And people don't talk about a rape that they like. This was mm. not a, this was me fighting her because I didn't understand. And she was like, I'm getting ready to do this no matter. And I was like, how do you have this strength to do it? So the difference between that, um, a woman and a female, uh, I mean, a, a woman and a man doing it was the man just saw one thing. This woman was trying to show me basically about myself, my body. But this man was just trying to get inside me and, and you know, get a quick nut and go. Can I say that? Doc, I, yeah. I'd love for you to weigh in on that because that's that's very, very interesting point uh, of, of how it, it may have seem like it was rape to her but perhaps this woman knew what she was mm-hmm. and was helping her to get there confidently the best way that she knew how but knew that she was going to have to push the envelope a little bit yes and i get that because um it was actually a bisexual woman who created that bridge for me because i had been molested you know, by males, you know, in foster care and in juvie and all that stuff. And it was a woman in my, I'd say, late 20s who um, mm. she had suspicions, but she didn't know. We were, I'll never forget her. her name was DJ. She was a composer. And we were in the jacuzzi and she just came over and kissed me. And it just took that. And she backed up and I'll never forget the look in her eyes that she tilted her head. And she goes, Oh, well, well, that answers a lot. That explains a lot. And I'm like, what? You know, because I was defensive instantly, but I knew she knew. And the wonderful thing about her and that day in the jacuzzi and the five-hour conversation that ensued after that time in the jacuzzi was that by the end of the night, as the sun came up, she had convinced me that it was okay for me to go look for my biological family because she said, just like... It's not wrong that you are more attracted to one sex than the other. Because it wasn't like you, I could tell you had kissed women before, but I could tell 
it wasn't your preference. She goes, and so she goes, you know, that's just like this thing you're dealing with about relatives, finding your blood relatives. She goes, listen, it's the same thing. Family can be who you choose as long as it's based in love. Relatives, you're kind of stuck with because it's based on blood. And that changed my life. That one night changed my life. All right, that's a great stopping point. We'll be back in five, folks. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the Heartbeat and Relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax, and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. And our episode today is called You, Me, and My Sexuality. And we're with Jamila Wright. And man, in that first segment, did we really unpack some heartfelt type things mm-hmm. at the core nature of things. Now we're going to get into just a, in just a little bit, a little bit of what Jamila does and how amazing she is as an artist and things of that nature. But Doc, you were unpacking a point as we were going into the break, and I really would like for you to pick up there, and then I want to hear what Jamila has to say about that. Because that woman in the jacuzzi sounds like the woman that at first she thought that she was being raped by that was actually educating her on you know, where, where her sexual being was. Like, do, do you see the connection there? I do, because my friend DJ loved me. And she hurt for me and she, she sought healing for me. She wanted me to heal. And so she knew what she had to do to start me down that road to healing. Um, and healing begins with feeling. And, you know, when you've been molested or raped and stuff, what, you try to scrub it off. You don't want to feel. So... Mm. It brought me back that. to it brought me back to what was most important. And you know, that was the period of my life where, you know, I think it was like a year after that that I was in my first relationship with a man and in that same town, Jeremiah was his name, and um we were only together for like six months. And it was a I felt it that because it was the bars and all that kind of stuff was not for me. I didn't like it. So I just thought, well, I guess I'm supposed to be by myself. And I remember I said to God then, I said, okay, I'll make a deal with you. I'll work on my career. Um, but I would rather spend the last five minutes of my life um, and meet my everything in the last five minutes than to spend my whole life with just anything. And Okay, around 40, I was kind of like looking up to the sky going, okay, damn, you took me seriously. Right. Hey, man, a deal's a deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, if yeah. you, you got you to gotta write checks that ass can cash. Yeah, but it was worth it because suddenly one day I was looking into the eyes of my everything, the, my husband today, Brian, and I knew instantly, instantly, that he was the one. I said it that day, three hours later, when we were saying goodbye for the first time, because I felt this universal urgency. Make it plain, make it known, because this may be the only chance you get to say it in the way you're feeling right now. And I did. I just looked at him and said, you know, you're going to probably run and scream and be afraid, but I truly believe you're the one for me and I'm most likely going to pursue you. And he stopped because he's a therapist. He looked at me, kind of moved his head around and he went, hmm, okay. 
And here we are. Day before yesterday was seven years to the day of that day. We we met seven years ago, two days ago, on the 25th. Beautiful. And it, so, feels Jamil- like, it feels like last thing. Here's why it's so important and so beautiful. Here we are seven years later. And I promise you, it feels like I just started dating my husband five minutes ago. Oh. Yeah. Jamila, do you... Do you feel like at some point, just kind of like the with the journey of, of Lauren, and, and I'm not comparing apples to apples, oranges to oranges, I'm just sorting through to just mainly for our listeners, you know, that may not have ever had an, uh, an opportunity to have a conversation like this from a very real perspective. Mm-hmm. Do you think at some point that same question that was asked by Lauren's mom is, a, is an answer that you'll have to resound to yourself and and make that commitment to one or the other or gravitate towards that one more and, and pursue that more because it seems like you experience a lot of heartache from, from both sides of, of the sexuality aspects of things. I do. Um, it's not something I don't think you ever get used to. You just get a little tougher and you got to pick yourself up. Because there's no point in giving up. I had to start telling myself there's billions of people on this planet. And there's bound to be one or there may be 10. You never know. I just may not have stepped into the right place or right time. Um, it's not like I didn't want it. It's, like, it's not like I never wanted to be married. It's just that I'm a very picky person. Um, and then sometimes the people I pick can be messy. They can be, instead of wanting something sacred they might want to be all over the place or, mm. you know, it, it was just an experiment. And I think a lot of us, it don't matter what side of the fence experience that because a lot of people are just looking to take advantage or they just like that happy, feel good feeling that you give them. And once they're done with it, you know, it's time to go. Or yeah. if you start to bore, people have told me I've bored them. And I'm like, well, um, you didn't have to cross this line. You don't let you don't have to let me follow you around like a puppy dog if I want to. You can't help the way I feel about you. So I don't expect anything from anybody because you can you can damage yourself even further if you've given all yourself and you got all these high expectations. If you don't expect anything from anybody, not even I love you back. The fact that a person can be around you for years or months and never say that they love you, it, you know, it says something about you. Mm. You know, it, 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 it says something like, you know, am I desperate? I know I'm not desperate. Sometimes people just want your energy and your time um, just because they can. Yeah. I find a lot of that stuff. And that's how people end up, you know, on the, the worst side of life. You know, you got people that become suicidal, people that have been killed because that other person didn't want them around. You know, we, we, we miss the red flag or no. We ignore the red flags when they are right in our face. That's the problem. Do you think some of the boundaries get blurred in the sense because you're, you're willing to have a relationship with a man, you're willing to have a relationship with a woman, and it sounds like in some instances you've been willing to commingle uh, those situations so my question would be is, you know, because I, I always want to come from a cultural standpoint, do you mm-hmm. think because of the fact that you may give them the impression, and if you don't, please let me know, that you're open mm-hmm. to just want to please 
that perhaps that blurs some of the lines and, and culturally it, it can align for what you want in terms of a relationship or are you very definitive you know, in, in how you feel and what the principles of those behaviors should be when you're in a relationship with you? Right. Great question, Jax. It's a very good question. Uh, I might be the definitive one because um, there are times where, like, if, if I don't connect with you, I can't connect with you. Like, you, right. you can tell right up front whether we're just going to be friends or this might get a little personal. And it doesn't get that personal for me that often anymore because of my experiences in the past. And all my friends are always hollering, you want a relationship so bad. And, and then you, you might hook up with somebody and you giving your all and they ain't giving half of it, not even 10%. And it's like, I get one life to live. So I'm gonna live each day to the fullest. And I'm basically, whoever is right there at that moment, I'm gonna live in that moment. It doesn't necessarily, it might just mean we want to be intimate. We might just want to lay around and cuddle or, you know, those personal you, times. And, and to clarify, right. you mean man or woman, correct? Like it's it's right. almost like this, just this spiritual feeling that you have, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay, I, I can follow that. Yeah, I, I think some of the things that, that may help moving forward, and I'm not a therapist, but I've been through enough you know, to, to, to cite on this is I don't think it's so much about the, the sexuality aspects. I think it's more so you laying down the groundwork of the accountability of them so you can feel to be respected. But I also feel like that you're very much in a place right now to where it's this, it's this free flowing spiritual kind of vibe. And, and for, for taking that, the toll that you have to pay, is a lot of levers, mm. right? Because they're not on that same journey with you. They're using and abusing you and you're like, ah, I want to live in the essence of this moment and right. hope that it converts to something else. Is that fair? No, it's never fair. <laughs> Definitely never fair. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, meant, I meant my comment, not them, obviously. Oh, okay, okay. You've met some real shitbirds in your day thus far, so. Man. <laughs> but, um, I'm a humble spirit and I always have hopes for that love. I love to be in love, but I don't want to just love to be in love with anything, anybody. So a lot of times things will go ahead and fade out and I let it because I'm not, I don't chase people anymore. You don't have to love me. You don't have to like me. I'm going to be who I am regardless. And if it's a male that approaches me and he feels like he's confident enough because I need him to understand up front, we're not, I, I don't just want to have sex and then what I'm looking for you once a week or, you know, I don't want to have to hunt nobody down to do what I end up having to do for myself at the end of the day. Um, and even for females, cause some females sexually, they don't even want to do everything that you possibly want to do. So you got to deal with that. Some of them will tell you they don't feel like, uh, they don't want to sleep with you, but then they'll go sleep with a man. And it's like, but you deny me what I can do to go run over here and do that. And it's just like, if the tables turn and you decide to do it too, then that's when, you know, it's like, did this person ever care about me in the first place? Or why was I driven to give myself to somebody else when I'm so into this person? You know, you develop. Have you been with a bisexual man yet? And if so, how did that, how did that go? 
I've never been in a relationship with a bisexual man. And when I was in the lifestyle, I had men literally chasing me around because they was like, I want to be done by a woman, but they can, can I say, can I get really vulgar? I don't know. Uh, we're, we're explicit, but you know, we're, okay. we're at least, okay. you know, uh, so, uh, <laughs> full. Go ahead. I want to know. I'm, 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 I literally got chased around all night at a, uh, hotel party. It was a huge hotel party and people were doing some of everything. It was like being with Hugh Hefner. Oh. Um, and these men were chasing me around with their strap ons because they didn't want, they didn't want the other men to know that they were gay or bi. But I would get asked questions like, basically, will, will you, will you have sex with me? I don't want to penetrate you. I want you to penetrate me. And I would sit there like, are you serious? <laughs> if y'all can because, see his face. <laughs> wow. I Even I didn't know that existed. Hey, and it's like the one corner of your mind, it's, it's really like that good and bad angel for real. Cause part of me is going, you should just tear his ass up just cause he asking for it. But then it was like, yeah, I don't know. But the fact that they were hunting me down just for this. And I was like, cause you got to think about a lot of stuff when you're doing that. I don't mind doing a woman, but when you got to do a man, it's like, you know, man booty is a little different. Um, uh, you know, I love, I love men, but <laughs> it's a little different. But it ain't the booty you be after. I get hey, it. I get hey, it. Hey. It's the same thing with so a gay man that's a top or a bottom. I get it. Exactly. I get it. But yeah, exactly. I before, because I know our time is moving, I just want to ask you this because inquiring minds want to know. Because um, mm -hmm. you were talking about suitable partners and this and the other. And I know that with women, with females, there's so much more. It's not sexually based um, a lot of the time. It's emotionally based and, and healing based and all those kinds of things. So I just wondered, because you're a wonderful artist and I've heard uh, some of your music, I wanted to know how this lifestyle you have, how does it translate into your body of work? Do you talk about it in there? Is it cloaked in there? Is there innuendo in there? What a cool question. How do, right. how, do you, how do you do that? Yes, thank you for the compliments. And you, mm -hmm. you, you're like one of my favorite people in the world. Oh, um, it, it co I, look, my give, entire give me time, is, Jamila. I'll get on the list. Say, uh -oh. say, no, you, you, you're on the list with him. You, you can come on in. I don't, I don't mind. Uh, um, <laughs> we just fuck with each other. It's all good. <laughs> that's it. I ain't got no problems with it. No problem. It, it's all through my work. Um, I hate to say um so many times, but you got my brain going. There's a song I wrote called The Rain, and the original version of it was um, for a spoken word stage play that I did in 2016. Um, they asked me to, a friend of mine asked me to come play behind her so she could do it, uh, do her poem. And then the playwright basically was like, uh, what else can you do besides play that guitar? So then I sang her a song and then she said, oh, wow. And then she said, can you write poetry? So I wrote this song based on uh, a lesbian experience. And 
it was so graphic that my mother was in the front row both nights and we had sold out and she begged me when I rewrote it, she said, can you make a radio edit version? Cause it was just that, like, I, I didn't realize how much I've um, changed it until I had to perform it one day. Cause somebody said, I want the original version. And it's where I go, basically I'm singing song and then I go into some spoken word poetry, but it's about two women basically making love and, um, like it was a beautiful experience. It was something that you might dream of or something that you actually experienced. So when I rewrote it, instead of saying she, I was saying he toward the end of the song. Like I changed it completely, but mm. you know, it is, it can play everywhere now versus just one side. But I know when I'm in the, um, when I'm in the LGBTQ community, I love to break that one out because I want to see the expression of the crowd. So I have a place where I, it's my outlet because spoken word poetry is to me is like preaching on Sunday in front of a church. You just get a better response. You know, so, I totally relate to that, um, Jamila, because even on my album, Shameless Bug, I have a song yeah. about you know, no shows a CD and it's an audio podcast. That's what I, I was showing her. I was showing her. She's never seen it. Um, we can see it. Very we can see it. Nice try though, Jaxie. But what my point <laughs> is that is I had no hesitation um, writing a song and pouring what it felt to me um, to be able to marry the person that I loved and chose. And I hadn't even met my husband yet. But I wanted to wow. put that out there. And I applaud you. Uh, I really do for and I and I can't wait until you release a song that, you know, because there's a line in my song that says it doesn't matter whether it's woman to woman or man to right. man. No offense. Let's just love um, because there's a right. shame to love in this world, period. So right. that's all. Awesome. Think about the 80 some percent that don't come out that might be listening to this episode and the fact that you're very much publicly out as an actress as a singer as a songwriter as a creator you know that really says a lot to a volume of folks that only 19 percent of the community think it's okay to come out to their people but okay right. well we we've got it we've got to get out of here but we always like to end the segment with you know, what is one thing that you would say to that 80% out there that is is keeping their lives so closed, so private, not representing all of who they are? What, what would be one thing that you would say to them um, as quickly as you can think to say it? Um, first of all, they sometimes you need like a therapist. Sometimes you need help or else you'll sit there you need to live your life out loud if that's how you feel. Um, I know children that want to be transgender uh, women at, at, at the ages of 14 and 16, you know, so I would, I encourage them, you know, I support you hundred percent, but make sure it's what you want to do because it's a different side of life. Once you do come out of there um, and love yourself more important, more important, mm -hmm. just love you love you and, and keep God first, higher power, your higher self and know who you are when you're entering it because it is a lot of heartbreak. It is a lot of fake and phony people who just wanna use you and take advantage of you, but you have to basically persevere, persevere and stand up and be 
your better self. You can't let it break you down or deter you from doing it and just be as safe as possible with it. Don't just let anybody in your temple. Your body is your temple. You know, just because you like both sides doesn't mean that you out here screwing everything you can see. No, right, you might you look go. at it. It's there not nothing wrong with looking at it all day long. You can even think about it. But when you act on it, if you are not safe or you out of your mind, drugs, it doesn't matter. You know, you want to be your whole self when you enter that realm with somebody because why cloud your mind in judgment only to wake up feeling filthy and disgusted? Mm. Because it wasn't what you wanted or it was what you wanted. Say it, girl. So, hey, yes. you know, Love that. You gotta leave. Well, Jamila, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, we'll definitely have to, I mean, it, it was just so powerful. We'll, we'll be back in five with mine and Lauren's final thoughts. Nailed it. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the heartbeat and relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message let's ride hey y'all this is cowboy jackson i'm with my good friend dr lauren michaels harris and we just wrapped the episode you me and my sexuality with jamila wright and damn was she just straight up preaching mm-hmm. the truth at the end of her episode doc what are your thoughts on this episode mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I knew she was going to be awesome. I just didn't know how awesome. I wish we had another three days to talk about this subject. Um, There's so many more things that I would have loved to just absolutely unpack with her because she was so articulate. And I just got to say this, um, audience, it is not easy finding someone like our guest today who is willing to come and just leave it all on the stage to be transparent um well, we know why now 19 percent. yeah i mean look how long we've been looking to find someone to actually just come out and have a conversation with us and now we know why and then and, and listen to this because think about all the people that i approached and i just knew Oh, this one will. I know this girl will. Based on all the things they had been saying to me during the time I've known them, as far as their sexuality, because, you know, when you're under the rainbow canopy, everybody tells, oh, I would never, do, or I'm, I'm good with that. But then seconds after they hear it, they go, uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm the one, but I know a friend who is. And then you get that friend. Oh no, I can't do that. Mm-mm, I can't do it. Yeah. I got three or four texts in my phone being like, yeah, I'm the one that Lauren said, but yeah. I don't think I would. And that whole sort of thing. So but I know someone who will, and they didn't either. So it's really refreshing. And that's why I just, I'm so grateful to Jamila Wright today for saying yeah. to do it and coming and knocking it out of the park. So I'll just say this as my final kind of thing or almost final thought for today. What I've learned today for about the, I don't know, hundredth time in my life, but I never want to stop learning it, reminding myself so that I may remind you. When it comes to true love, and I I had a 14-year addiction, and I remember when I was in there, I kept saying to myself, remember who you love in this world and who loves you, Lauren. Because outside of that unconditional love, this drug that has a grip on you is most most is the most powerful thing out there. Only thing stronger 
was true love. And so that was the light that I looked towards at the end of that dark tunnel. So I would say this, never forget that true love, abiding love, eternal love. I don't care how you slice it. I don't feel it should ever be kept in the dark and it should never be someone's dirty little secret. That's just how I feel. God, that's so good. Um, is that your final thought? Yeah. I that's mean, beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, well, folks, I think from my, my final thought, I'm going to go in just a little bit different of direction uh, because the doc always is so eloquent and poetic. I'm going to give it to you hard and fast. Ooh. Um, stop judging a book by its cover. Week after week on these episodes, we prove to you through the people, whether you agree or not, but you absolutely understand that it does not matter what your sexuality is. We all have the angst. We all are seeking love. We all want to be accepted. And it seems like bisexual folks, as much as you might want to think that they got all the goodies because they got the girls and the guys, experience the most heartache because of the fact that they're continuously searching for someone to accept them for who they are and not use them for what they offer. Um, I cannot thank the doc enough today. I cannot thank Jamila enough today. And what I would like to say to the 80% plus people out there, um, love who you are because you can't be anything else and you're not going to know what is going to give you the most satisfaction in your life until you're brave enough to do what jamila is doing every day Amen. i'm cowboy jacks i'm still trying to recoup from that hard and fast but i'm lauren michaels harris <laughs> dr lauren <laughs> michaels harris and we'll see you uh -huh. next time on anyway. license for love the heartbeat in relationship conversation you're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris, the heartbeat in relationship conversation.